all of it's bad. It's all 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 bad. Oh my god. Anyway, we can get back on track now. We don't have to continue. Hello. Hello. Hi. But it's actually, that would actually be a good point of conversation is yeah. uh, what is our history of 3D movies? What's your first 3D movie you ever saw? Oh, I remember the first 3D movie I saw. What's that? Um, it was the first 3D movie I ever saw, but it was a home video, so I did not have the accoutrements oh, for okay. the 3D. Okay. Transylvania 65000. Remember that movie? <laughs> yeah, that With was... Jeff Goldblum? That was and a 3D Gina, movie? Yeah, there's a, well, there's a scene in it that's 3D. Oh, oh, yeah. I didn't know this at all. Yeah, and it th- did the whole, like, flashing thing at the bottom of the screen, like, put on your 3D <laughs> glasses now. But Let's... that was the first movie that, like, made me aware of what 3D was, because I think I watched, I watched it when I was a little kid. Oh, okay. Again, not sure if it was appropriate or not for children my parents really just let the ba- the tv base at me they're just like tv on we'll see you later we're gonna like leave the house so for all i don't even remember the movie at all i just remember that 3d part and for all i know it was maybe highly inappropriate for children to be watching but my i was raised by television so yeah I, i'm sort of the same thing so yeah yeah, yeah. i um, this I, is why i know all these movies too all these movies that we watch it benefit, yeah it's not it's not anything to be sad it's about it's like these are movies that i like saw like when i should have been watching these movies i'm like eight and, wa- and watching like you know like Nightmare on Elm Street, and I'm like, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) I have two, a real 3D movie I saw, and then a misconnection 3D movie. Uh So the first 3D movie I ever saw was during the weird 3D renaissance of the early 80s. Somebody decided to put on this old 1950s movie called The Mask. Not to be confused with with the Jim Carrey mask. Uh, No, not not Eric Stoltz movie, and not the Jim Carrey movie, but it was some like... I love that you were like Jim Carrey, and I was like, super sad movie starring Eric Stoltz, and Cher. They're like, it'll make the drama more real if yeah. everybody's in 3D. And <laughs> Save that for a depressing podcast. Yeah. Bumming and crying. Yeah, watching watch, watch and sobbing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, watching. <laughs> yeah, watching and sobbing, I think. But um, so there's this one called, there's a, there's a thing called The Mask. But I think it was only on local television. Like, it wasn't like NBC was showing it. I think Channel 11 in New York was showing mm-hmm. it. So, like, they had found some old 1950s movie and put it on. And it had sequences. Like, this guy would put on a mask. And every time he put on the mask, he'd, like, commit horrible crimes or something. And that's when the movie would switch to 3D. And what I remember is that we had to pick up our 3D glasses at, like, the local Dairy Queen or something. Oh my God, like, yeah. I love this. So this was like an event. Like yeah. you knew, you saw it on the TV guide. You knew it was coming up. You had yeah. to go pick up your 3D glasses from Dairy. Yeah, Dairy I was so excited. Dairy and I'm Queen. Dairy Queen. But it was on local television. I remember it was hosted by magician Harry Blackstone. Was mm-hmm. the, uh, and I Wait. Do you know him? Is that a thing? Oh, I was confusing it with the character from Night Court. No, 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 no. That's what was a, his, that's his a, name? It was, <laughs> that's Harry. Um, is it just Harry Stone? All I right. thought it was Harry Blackstone. All right, we'll look it up. No, yeah. but Harry Black <laughs> Harry Blackstone was was a. I'm gonna say I don't know if he was a national guy. I'm gonna say he was a regional magician. Yeah, I've never heard of this dude. So, and he he kind of looked like a used car salesman, and he would do like 3D tricks. <laughs> <laughs> And he would do, like, tricks, and I, I guess he Later had... on, many bodies were found buried <laughs> in his backyard. Yes. You're not was... painting a very good picture of this I, guy. I'm really not. I'm really not. And it, it was, was like... But he did, like, magic, and... But it was, like, lame magic, where it's like, oh, I, I cut up a rope, and I put it in a cup, and then when I take the cup away, the rope is, again, in one piece. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really want some kid to yell that from the back. <laughs> But 
but yeah, so he hosted this thing. And anyway, it was in quasi 3D because it was only every once in a while. But it had it had what you just said. It had the flashing, like, put on 3D glasses yeah. now. But my missed opportunity 3D story was that uh, I came very close to seeing Jaws 3D in the theater. And I'm sorry not to bring up like PTSD, more talk about Jaws Oh my you. gosh. <laughs> Still the worst movie. <laughs> I, I, pr- I promise you I won't try YouTube hard. But I remember that I was going to go see this movie and my brother Ray is actually the one who took me and most of my other siblings to see movies. My parents had sort of like tapped out of that by the time the rest of us were kind of of a certain age. So we were all getting Listeners, ready. Listeners, Andrew's one of nine kids. Yeah, I'm one of nine children. This is, so, why his, yeah. <laughs> this is what Andrew refers to when his parents just like burn out and give up. <laughs> yeah, I used to call it trickle-down parenting because it was, <laughs> it was like certain duties just fell to other siblings. So, But Ray was always sort of the one who spearheaded our going to the movies, and he was going to take us to see um, Jaws 3D when it opened. Uh-huh. And I was very excited by this just because I thought 3D movies must be amazing. I, I, I really it's magic. Bought, yeah, I bought all the hype, and I thought, yeah. oh, God, this is going to be incredible we were getting ready to go and i remember i'm going to assume at the very last minute my mom sort of just heard oh i'm taking them all to see jaws 3d and i think my mom was just like oh i think that's like a horror movie and like he's probably not old enough mrs morton yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) where where was i yeah yeah had had she watched this movie she probably would have yeah but i think she just thought like that's going to be too intense for him so she said that i couldn't go and i was kind of devastated by it and my sister claire who's the next she's the sibling right above me she kind of got right in on that cutoff Uh so, so she got to go and I was like, I was telling her, I'm like, oh, Claire, I can't believe I'm not going to get to go see it. And, and like, I was really upset about it. And she was like, don't worry, it's pro- it probably won't be that good. It'll probably, you know, she was trying to like kind of make me feel better. But then she That's goes, sweet. it was very nice of her. And then she goes to see the movie and she comes back. And I don't know what it was, but she came back and she was telling And I was like, what happened in it? Tell me about all the 3D parts. And Claire said to me, she goes, oh, she goes, there's this scene where the shark swims up to the girl and the shark bites her boob off. <laughs> And I was like, "What?" And, then, and even in my even in my little kid kid head, and I'm thinking this is a PG movie, even though yeah. it was intense. I'm like, "There's no way they could show a yeah. boob that got bit off." And I love like, the logic that you had at a small age. <laughs> no, that sounds unrealistic. I'm like, I'm like, I don't think the MPAA yeah. would approve that. Yeah, but she goes, she goes, it bites the lady's boob off, and the 3D shot you see is just the boob hanging in the water, turning around. <laughs> And, 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 and I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like, I can't believe that's in a movie. And then she said something later. Surely like, it wouldn't yeah. have been a rated R movie with that sort of feature. Yeah. So then I'm thinking like, my God, mom was right. It, it probably, this probably was the most intense movie. So I, so Claire was like, yeah, it was the most. This and, is amazing. How old is Claire at this point? At this age, I'm going to say generously that I was like, I don't know, maybe six or something. So, this, this, <laughs> so or, Claire's like I mean, eight. Maybe, yeah. So Claire's like eight. And this so, is amazing. Wow. What yeah. a mind for an eight-year-old yeah and and Who it was knows, great Claire and then Claire, yeah. I applaud you <laughs> and then the best part was I didn't actually see Jaws 3D for another like 10 years I never actually ended up seeing it I finally saw did it did you believe video. it this whole time like I believe for the 10 years there was a, a amazing uh, boob boob scene yeah for 10 years I thought there's a 3D boob just hanging out there in the water and here's how I sort of thought in my head I was like the, probably the way they got away with it in a PG movie is like when you bite a boob off, once it's not a part of somebody anymore, it's just it's just like a scientific boob, you know? So, <laughs> so I was like, that's probably how they got away with it in a PG-13, PG oh movie. Oh my God. Yeah, I like, love that you... <laughs> 
scientifically explained why a PG-13 would have, like, a boob in it. I, I really needed to justify kind of how this would work. So the best part is, ten years later, I finally sit down and watch Jaws 3D. And there is no boob that gets bitten off in Jaws surprise, 3D. Surprise, surprise. There is a shark that comes out in the, in the opening of the movie, and to prove to you that the movie is in 3D, he bites a regular fish in half. And the fish's head just sort of sits there and uh, rotates in the air. Okay. So Claire was either misremembering that there was just a fish head that got bit off and was hanging in the in the water, or I like to think that she was just fucking with I me. I would really like to and think that eight-year-old Claire was, like, <laughs> just fucking with me. And, I, like, I, smart enough to, to be like, I'm going to tell him that there's this, like, suspended 3D boob. I like to think that she, she thought it was kind of fun that I that I was, like, all ready to like, jump in the car oh and go to the God, movie. Oh, my God, take me to the movies. <laughs> and it was like, nope. And then, and then yeah. she was like, I know, I know what will really kind of rub this one in. And all I could think 10 years later watching it was I was like, well played, Claire. I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty good. I was like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good Cheers, for- Claire. Cheers, Claire. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you for a hilarious slow burn joke. And on that note, we should start. Yes. Start our podcast. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Stab Gab. I'm Donna. And I'm Andrew. And we just had a big, long conversation about <laughs> 3D relevant conversation because this episode's movie is in 3D. Yes. It is Friday the 13th, part three. Weekends are a good time to escape to the woods. Unless the weekend begins with Friday the 13th. Because these are Jason's woods and nobody leaves them alive. You can't fight him. You can't stop him. And now you can't even keep him on the screen. Friday the 13th, part three. A new dimension in terror. Well, listeners, I bought 3D glasses for (laughs) me and Andrew to record this episode while wearing because I thought it would be cute. Yeah. We wore them for all of like 30 seconds and it gave both of us massive headaches. Yeah, yeah. We were getting that very intense eye strain. Yeah, it really fucks with you. (laughs) I don't even know if I could wear that in a theater. No, that was the big, the the two big reasons why 3D failed. There there were two major eras of 3D. There was the 3D fad of the 1950s and then there was the 3D fad of the 1980s of which this movie Friday the 13th 3 was a big part of. And the reason it kind of faded out both times is because it always gave everybody a splitting headache. And so, yeah, so, like, that's kind of why it never really took off in either era. It's just because everyone was like, well, it was cool to see a fish head or a boob fly, fly out of me. <laughs> but, but outside of that... Um, I you, feel like I'm going to puke everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you're basically going to puke after any movie, no matter what you saw. I was um, doing some rewatching of various bits of Friday the 13th, other movies in the series. I've only seen, like, a chunk of the first one... And I think the one where Jason goes into space. <laughs> so I was actually a uh, mythology poor at the at the start of this. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I can't continues. remember how many I've seen. I mean, definitely one, two, and three. But I don't think I've seen four. Well, and there's the one where it's like Freddy and Jason battle each other. Yeah, which I did watch actually some of that more recently. And it should mostly be called. Freddy talks a whole lot and then Jason shows up in the last three minutes because he's really not in it. No, because he's, he's yeah. not a man of many words. Yeah, no, no. It's a real Penn and Teller uh, situation <laughs> with those two guys. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Garfield and Opie. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and exactly that. There's always an oats to somebody's hall, and there's always an Odie to somebody's Garfield. Mm-hmm. I think I might have called him Opie just now. Odie. Odie. Yeah, Odie. Yeah, 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 I was yeah. like, wait, what's that? You're right. Saying? Opie's Ron Howard from um, <laughs> from, from the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Everybody's favorite characters: Garfield and Opie. So Friday the Thirteenth Part. Three uh, rundown of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason is at his old hijinks again of killing groups of teenagers. So we've got a new crop of teenagers that are heading up to uh, Crystal Lake. Yes, yeah. main character Chris. Her family owns a cabin up there that is referred to as Higgins Haven. <laughs> she decides to take her friends up there for a weekend to kind of get over the past trauma of her encounter with Jason. She, this is not her first rodeo with Jason. She had been attacked. By Jason two years previous somehow and we'll discuss this a little bit more in detail because it's so convoluted (laughs) somehow manages to escape the clutches of Jason is not murdered but is left deeply traumatized yeah Uh, again having not seen the first two films in the series I thought that maybe Chris was a character from an earlier film because she has this whole flashback where she was attacked yeah Yeah. but she's not so I think the idea is that Chris is sort of retconned into things because like I guess at another time when Jason was running around he happened to find time to I almost mean, kind you know, of attack her that guy's got all kinds of time on his hand and we can't turn every <laughs> single little thing he does into a movie okay in every part of the earlier movies my understanding is that he disappears into the woods and you don't see him for 10 minutes in between kills so so and he's killing point, he's out there killing someone else so that was my assumption was that like there there's all sorts of untold tales of weird people he was trying to uh, trying to uh, kill so two years later she goes back up to the cabin only to find that Jason is so Still lurking around and up to his own tricks, and yeah. the teenagers start getting knocked off one by one. <laughs> I feel like I say this every episode. <laughs> it's like the the like horror movie trope. It's like, and then they all died one by one. In in a way, it's very forgivable with this movie because I feel you know we're we're watching sort of one of the granddaddies of these kind of horror movies. Friday the Thirteenth looms large in uh, cruddy eighties uh, horror movies. So. Yeah. I was willing to forgive it all of its tropes. But here's the thing, and this was something I I wrote down in my notes, because we're saying, oh, it's a bunch of teenagers who went up there. Yeah. But I had a really hard time figuring out if this was indeed a group of teenagers, because with a lot of these movies we've watched so far, you have to take into account that they only ever hired 25-year-olds to play teenagers. Oh, yeah, everybody, like, looks like... So old. Yeah, but the thing is, like, there was even parts of it that had me thinking, I don't think they're specifically supposed to be teens. Maybe, because there's definitely, like, there are a few people in this group who read to me as movie teens. Yeah. But then there's, like, also, I think, like, an old hippie couple. I don't think they're old. I think they're kind of, like, in the wheelhouse of that age. I was referring to them uh, in my notes as Cheech and Chongette. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um. I was going with Martin Mull because one of the guys looks like Martin Mull. But I like Cheech and Chong. Cheech actually. and Chong. Yeah. They look to be like maybe, I mean, I think they're supposed to be in the same wheelhouse as these kids. But yeah, I agree. They look I was going like, early 40s. They, they <laughs> look, I mean, I think theoretically they're supposed to be the same age as right. their friends. I think they're part of the friend group. But between like the wrinkled old hippie Cheech right. and then the princess dye feathered blowout of right. Chong. Right. I'm just like, my parents were in their 40s and 80s, so I'm like, he kind of looked like them. Right. But the thing is, because Chong, he had a, like a beard, mm-hmm. and he was kind of wearing like a polo shirt and maybe khakis at one point. And so he had a very middle-aged dad kind of, kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't figure that out. 
And then when they get up there, there's that sort of, I don't know if he's an ex-boyfriend or wannabe boyfriend of uh, of the Chris card. Rick. 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 And Rick absolutely read like a guy in his mid-30s. Yeah. And so even in taking into account the whole thing that they never hire teenagers to play teenagers, it was really hard to say that this was a group of people who were all contemporaries. Yeah, maybe they're college kids. I don't know. Um, well, as usual, I think we should backtrack mm-hmm. and set the premise before yeah. we start really diving into individual yeah. characters. So the movie starts off where Friday the 13th Part 2 leaves off. The two characters that you see in the beginning of the movie that are fighting Jason, they are characters from Part 2. I think it essentially the opening opening of this movie, they just reuse footage of like the last five minutes of the previous film. So we see Jeannie and her boyfriend do what they believe is a final battle with Jason. They shove a machete way down into his shoulder blade. Like, yeah. way down. <laughs> I'm sure it would, like, not only cut some, like, major arteries, but yeah. also maybe even, like, get into a lung. <laughs> Somehow, as usual, these particular characters always seem to survive that. Um, it makes sense for me when it's something like Freddy, you right. know, where right. he's just, like, he's already dead and he's just kind of this, like, demon. Freddy's a super supernatural character. Yeah, whereas Jason's not supernatural. (laughs) These things should kill a person. Yeah, I was actually a little confused on that point because I'll fully admit at this point I hadn't really seen a lot of the Friday the Mm -hmm. 13th movies before. So I knew things that I'd heard and I kind of jumbled it all together in my head. My understanding is that Jason eventually becomes a supernatural character. He does, but that's much later. Yeah, like, but at this, at this point, point he, he would not have been. No, at yeah. this point he's still human, so yeah. it makes no sense how he, right. his body is able to not only survive such trauma, but also like he still manages the same level of superhuman strength to yeah. like, kill <laughs> and fight people. So Ginny actually is able to get out of that close call by pretending to be Jason's mom, and um, he starts hallucinating and believing that he's actually <laughs> seeing his mother. And yeah. When it was watching that I was like god it would be so rad if this part was in 3D oh yeah oh yeah it's just like a floating Jason mom head being like you're such a good boy come here yeah because they do an overlay they do an overlay of the original it would have been great if she did like mom things like I made you a pot roast and like the pot roast came flying at you yes and then that's when like smell vision would maybe (laughs) even be brought back in and everyone in the theater is like mmm pot roast (laughs) I made you your favorite apple pie mmm pie <laughs> um, you could have had like a Ginny uh, hack through the pie and like he's going to eat the pie and then it's just a, a machete comes up through the pie and, and hits him right in the old, the old yes. shoulder <laughs> <laughs> remember that pie <laughs> so Ginny and her boyfriend managed to kill Jason then that's how Friday the 13th Part 3 starts. And this it, it, is when we see the 3D credits roll. Oh, They're all yeah. jumping out at the screen. There's like disco music. I felt like I was in the club. I, I, as you know, I'm not being a horror guy. I always have to kind of figure out how to find my way into these movies when we watch them. I have to say, very much to this movie's credit, it grabbed me pretty immediately with that disco music. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was doing a little chair dancing. While I, was, I was like, I, I was yeah. starting to move a little bit. I and, was like, this is funky fresh it was really funky and i and i was really into it i think we should play a little bit for people right now just so they can hear it let's do it I 
I was kind of bobbing my head a little bit. It put me in the exact right mood. I was like, I'm ready to go. So then we go right into the movie, and the movie starts off with these characters that are completely irrelevant. They're just essentially like collateral damage. Yeah. It's a middle-aged couple. They seem to own like an upstate version of a bodega, and <laughs> they're just like total stereotypes. We've got the nagging wife, and yeah. we've got the putsy husband who mm-hmm. doesn't really do anything, and they are hanging up at their bodega slash house for the evening, just kind of running errands. The wife turns on the TV and she sees that there's a home, uh, homicidal maniac on the loose. Yeah, yeah. Oh, guess why? She happens to see that because he's on their property. <laughs> yeah, J- yeah. J- Jason is present right off the bat. So Jason is on their property. Um, he's like hanging out in their backyard where their laundry is hanging up to dry. Um, Hold on, 3D laundry. Yes. You could definitely see the moments where you could tell like when it was supposed to be 3D in the theater. Yeah. Was the laundry one of those? The laundry was it billowing was, in a way that it, like, was it was billowing. Like essentially the okay. shot is the, the camera is craning down from the sky and it's kind of going into the backyard and the, and the laundry is uh, sort of flapping in the wind. Okay. And I'm imagining if you were watching it in true 3D, it would be kind okay. of like shooting out in your field of vision. So, husband's killed first. The yeah. husband, they ha- they have rabbits in their backyard for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. He goes to check on the rabbits because he hears some noises. I think the ideas are supposed to be like country bumpkins. So yeah. the whole idea is like, like she, you know, she's a nagging wife and he's like out using the outhouse and checking on the rabbits. And yeah. Like, yeah. He goes to check on the rabbits. The rabbits are all dead, which is like, I guess, supposed to be some like foreshadowing. Fortunately, it's not Jason who killed them. It's a <laughs> snake, a cobra. Yeah. Somehow manages to be in there, which made me feel a little bit better about Jason. I was like, Jason may be a homicidal maniac, but he's not a psychopath. He's no fatal attraction. He's he's not going to just kill innocent animals for no reason. (laughs) He's going to kill shitty humans. Um, All the rabbits are dead. He's freaked out. This in combination with knowing that there's a homicidal maniac on the loose, the couple like starts getting weirded out and panicking and the tensions escalate and eventually both of them are killed by Jason. Yeah. So setting the stage for Jason on his renewed rampage. The um the snake when it jumps out is I think the first true genuine three D yeah, scare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so Hold on, let me grab the bottle of wine. Yeah, yeah. Talk amongst yourself. I'll just riff here while uh while uh just you should just rap. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jason is a guy who's machete in the town. I don't know. <laughs> Friday the thirteenth is a I wear a hockey mask because it's hard to see. I I don't know. <laughs> Because, <laughs> wait, I wear a hockey mask because it's, it's hard to see. The only way to see is in 3D. Hey! Hey, there we go. Word. Word, word to yeah. Jason's mother. Yeah, word to Jason's mother. Who's a character in this film. All right, there we go. <laughs> My name is Jason, and I'm here to say I like killing teens in a major way. Wait, uh, my name is Jason, and I'm here to say I like to kill kids with a machete. Is that yeah? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we this can be our end credits movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, after that couple is killed, we cut to the group of friends who mm-hmm. are going to be all the sacrificial lambs for Jason getting into their 80s kidnapper van and heading up to <laughs> Higgins Haven for a weekend filled with sex, pot smoking, and PBR drinking. <laughs> with the exception of Chris's super close friend, Debbie, everybody else yeah. is under the impression that they are going up to just have a fun weekend together as friends to relax in the woods and hang out and do whatever they want. 
Should we do a look, a, just a quick mention of the, of the different people? I know we did a little bit of that earlier, but... Oh, yeah. Just to say who's on yeah, this yeah. trip. So Chris, our hero, the, the, the lead. Um, There's her friend Debbie, who is pregnant. There's no real consequence to her being pregnant. She's just pregnant at a certain point. Um, With her boyfriend, Andy. Her boyfriend, Andy. Who is where we are assuming is, is baby daddy. Then there's uh, Shelly, who is Andy's best bud, who is kind of like a dork. And he has a terrible sense of humor. So terrible in the sense that even though Chris has suffered major trauma at the hands of Jason two years previous, he continues to think it'd be really funny to like jump out and scare her yeah. um, by pretending that he is a he puts monster, a fake... attacking people with weapons. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, you know what would be super funny? I'm going to scare this person who has severe PTSD yeah. from a violent attack. Yeah. Oh, you were almost raped by that guy? Oh, hey, well, you know what would be super funny? I'm going to hide in your closet. With a mach- fake machete in, in my, my head. head. Yeah. That'd be super fun. Yeah, he's he's a dork, and he's like, I don't know why nobody likes me, but then he keeps pulling pranks on yeah. everybody, and they're all prop-based pranks. Yeah, he's and like fucking Gallagher, but with murder weapons. Yeah, he's, my, he's, he's, he's a murdering Gallagher, and then there's another girl, Vera. Who they're trying to set Shelly up with, and yeah. like, Vera is like a fucking legit snack, so I'm just like... Vera is very attractive. Yeah, so I'm just like, really? Y'all thought that her and Shelly would be a good match? Shelly's a fucking dope with yeah. a terrible sense of humor. Come on. So, and then we have Rick, who is the guy that Chris left behind. But what I don't really understand is this doesn't really seem like there's a whole lot going on up there. So I'm just like, Rick, is this this dude who like is like a townie? Yeah, he's already up there he's at the cabin. He's a local Yeah, he, he's introduced, doesn't he? Like he like pretends to attack her or something. Isn't oh, he? yes. Again, I'm just like, why does everyone keep fucking with Chris's <laughs> trauma? So not only do we have Shelly pretending like he's horrifically murdered or maimed every like 10 seconds, but yeah. then when Chris shows up at her old house, Rick is hiding in the shadows and jumps out and yeah. puts her into a headlock and then <laughs> does not understand why she reacts as badly as she does. And he fucking says, did I do something wrong? <laughs> yeah, you did, Rick. You did do wrong. You fucking put... Your girlfriend, who two years previous, you know, was attacked yeah. in that very area, you put her in a headlock. Yeah, yeah, you did do something wrong. And all of his talk after, he's trying to talk to her about how he wants he, he wants to have sex with her, like, immediately. And and it's all like, well, how else am I going to get you to loosen up or, to, or or something like that? So he's, he's really yeah. aggressive in that way. <laughs> you know what get, really gets me loosened up? Being put in chokeholds and screamed at. That really, like, sets my soul at ease. <laughs> it's surprise attacks. There's nothing sexier than yeah. a surprise attack, right? And the last right. two people we have in the van are the stoner couple that we've referred to earlier. Is, yeah. Uh, Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong. Yeah. Chuck and Chili. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's their name. I, I wrote know, down, isn't it? Chuck, Chuck and Chili. Chili. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is close to Cheech and Chong. Holy shit. All right. I wonder if they are based on Cheech and Chong. Well, they're, they're smoking enough weed in the movie yeah, to be so based on Yeah, so we refer Chichin to them Chong. as that because they're constantly uh, hitting the bong. I want to say something there. about that, by the way. In that Don't do drugs? Well, you get a Nancy Reagan us right kids, now. Kids, don't do drugs. This is this is our <laughs> say no to dope. Yeah, no to yeah. You do the booze, you lose. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was saying that they they really missed a great three D opportunity because like hot smoke. Yeah, because thank you. It's like yeah, because like here's the whole thing. When they introduce Cheech and Chong and Chili, they're in the back and they have like a huge bong and they're like taking bong rips. And then later when they're driving up to the cabin, yeah. 
and they need to do something in 3D. Because, folks, every three minutes in this movie, they need to remind you that the movie's in 3D. Yeah, there's so, a lot of things that happen in this movie. There's a yo-yo. Oh, the yo-yo was great. There's juggling. Yeah. There's, um, there's just random stuff that they throw in your face to, to remind you And they just, 3D. like, linger a little too long that you're like, all right, I get it. I guess this is the part that's 3D. Yeah. So at one point when they're driving up in the van, like, Chuck is like, anybody want to hit? And he just shoves a joint in the camera's face. And my thing was, wait a minute. A second ago, Chuck had a huge bong, and I'm like, you missed a perfect opportunity for yeah. him to, like, shoot a plume of smoke into yep. the camera. And I'm like, he's just shoving a, a joint in your face. I'm like, visually, that's not that interesting. There's also, at this point, since we're on the topic of all their pot smoking, where they believe they're about to be pulled over by the police, so they immediately proceed to eat all of their weed, and I was like, that's dumb. But the cops weren't coming after them anyways. They were going to the scene of the crime of the couple that had been brutally murdered in their upstate bodega. Yes. I just want to add one thing about that, too. Yeah. If everybody ate all that weed... They should have been fucking tripping balls later, but no one is. Here's the thing. Do you think this is one of those movies? Here's a fan theory. They imagined it. Do you think it? they imagined everything that happened up there? They're like, actually do you think all, all still that, alive? Yeah, like like all they were doing was sitting up there in a cabin, and they were all just tripping their balls off, and maybe that's so for all the weeks. So maybe none of this ever actually happened. They wake up on Saturday the 14th, and they're all, <laughs> they were all just actually playing Scrabble and fucked out of their minds. They're really hungry. And yeah. They're, <laughs> they're like, wow, did you have that dream? I had that dream. Saturday the 14th. Saturday the 14th. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Back to your point. You're... <laughs> anyway. So while they're all in the van heading up to Higgins Haven, they come to a screeching halt because there is a dude laying in the middle of the road. Um, they stop the car, they get out, and it is... Um, An old crazy guy. Yes. Who happens to have an eyeball in his hands. Uh, <laughs> who or what is the owner of that eyeball? We don't know. But he starts screaming, go back, turn around, go back where you came from. First he was saying, like, God wanted me to have this eyeball. I don't know where Crystal Lake is supposed to be, upstate New York, but everyone's kind of a country bumpkin. Yeah, I don't know. And also, like, it just didn't really seem necessary to have him there. Like, mm-hmm. his scene lasted five seconds. You don't see him again. I All I wrote in my notes was, Jesus, old man with eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> and so those are, that's my, my feelings. My feelings about that. I that thought game. he was going to come back. He had a very Scatman Crothers in a Shining vibe. like where he's Do not like, compare him to Scatman. Scatman is a fantastic human I'm, being. This guy... I want you to understand. acting chops were not up to snuff. I, I'm not saying he equaled uh, the presence and the range of Scatman Crothers. I'm simply saying I feel he was meant to perform a similar plot function. And that he was there to sort of be like, I'm warning you away from something. So I was kind of waiting the whole movie yeah, for Crazy Old Guy to come back. I thought maybe he was going to come back and like save someone. I thought it would would have been cool is if Jason came in and like stabbed both of the eyes out of one of the one of the kids and, and they're like I don't know what guy. to do and and then crazy old guy comes out of the woods and he's like I got an eye and like throws an eyeball into the eye cavity and then the, the kid could see again oh, so foreshadowing opportunity uh totally totally missed so the kids show up at the cabin they're getting all settled in then we have like a divergent plot where two of the characters Shelly and Vera go to a grocery store the, yeah they go into town to pick up food and supplies yeah. for the weekend so Shelly really wants to get with Vera. Mm-hmm. And we're talking a 10 and a 1, if ever there was Oh, one. yeah. Vera's yeah. a 10. Shelly is a 
solid one. Yeah. Maybe even a point five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not just talking looks alone. Like, yeah, he ain't nothing to look at really. But, pers- but like the it's personality just drags any potential points like right down to the gut. Yeah. He is, sucks. Vera is like, she's a solid 11, I would say. She's yeah. very pretty and also like kind of seems like a normal person. Yeah. So the whole, so the, the subtext of this whole scene is that when they're trying to get the provisions, Shelly's trying to really impress Vera. They run into a motorcycle gang. Yeah, there's a, yeah, three Our, three neighborhood toughs. Yes. <laughs> Who won't take no for an answer. Trying to steal wallets and belittle people. They're there to do what motorcycle guys, I think, did in movies of this vintage, which is just fuck shit up for no discernible real reason. They're just kind of there, and they're angry, and um, I don't know why they decided to visit Crystal Lake. I keep wanting to say Crystal Lake, New York. I don't know if that's where it takes place, but... Is Crystal Lake, New York a thing? I don't think it's a real thing, but I think yeah. I think it's supposed to take place in like. I mean, it looks upstate very upstate. Yeah. It looks very Catskillian. <laughs> it's 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 a cat. Ooh, cats, cats, cat kills, cats kills. That would wow. be good, that'd be a good horror movie. You sounded like you were having a stroke just now. <laughs> it's about. <laughs> I was three... like, "What's happening? Call nine one one." So three, I don't know, lo- local motorcycle gang toughs at the provision store. They try giving Shira, uh, Vera and Shelly, I almost call it Shira. <laughs> that's their couple <laughs> That's name. their Brangelina Yeah, name, that's their Brangelina if, if they were to get together <laughs> later. Yeah. They try giving Shira a hard time. <laughs> and um, they kind of cave in, but then on their way out, Shelly is just like, I'm not having any of this shit. And yeah. he puts the car in reverse and backs up over their motorcycle. He pulls a Pee Wee Herman by accident. Yes. And then this inflames the wrath of the motorcycle gang so then they head back to can we talk about Shelly's wallet for a minute because I had that wallet when I was a kid oh you did the velcro he had a sweet velcro wallet yeah you recall those was that a thing for you at all I remember those my dad had one and also my dad's wallet got like real George Costanza size (laughs) it was just like how do you sit comfortably with this thing in your back pocket my current wallet is actually pretty George Costanza size is it on your oh no oh whoa I see it yeah all right we gotta put this up on Instagram this is (laughs) <laughs> this is going on Instagram. This is sure. hilarious. Sure, sure. This wait, a, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got. I got it. This is a big Costanza wallet. This is a 3D movie. Here's what I want to do. This Here's, is the 3D. I, photo. I want you to take a picture of me holding my Costanza wallet, yes. and then I want you to use, your, use your Photoshop skills, uh, turn Photoshop, it into yeah. 3D shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Anyways, so Shelly backs up over the... Um, he accidentally backs over their motorcycle. But then he, like, kind of badass owns it. But then, when he realizes the motorcycle guys are, like, pissed at him and are going to attack him, he sees an opportunity to really impress Vera. So he attempts to sort of drive the car, and I assume commit vehicular homicide against the... Yeah, not the, really thinking too far in the future. Yeah, Vera seems excited that he tries to drive over the guy. So Shelly tries to turn a, a negative into a positive. <laughs> With an attempted murder. With an attempted murder. And, like, drives off. So I don't know how the motorcycle gang is able to determine, like, where the kids are staying because they don't follow them, but they somehow find them. So no one's been picked off yet. The motorcycle gangers are actually the first people that start getting picked off by Jason, right? Yes, they're the first people to get killed yeah. by Jason. So they go back up to Higgins Haven, and their big plan is to siphon up all the gasoline from the van and douse the barn on and set it on fire. Yeah, they take retaliation. Like, like Shelly backed over some motorcycles. I know. I'm like, you're taking it from a like a you're taking it up to like some next level. Yeah, they're stuff. they're like they're like, oh, you accidentally dented my motorcycle a little bit. I'm going to set burn your down property your house. on fire. Yeah, yeah. And and we should note that Jason by this point has taken up residence in the barn. Mm-hmm. Jason's kind of on a. 
He's kind of on a home alone trip, really, because 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 <laughs> like, like he's not a terribly proactive villain. His whole deal is I just want to cool my jets here in this barn. Why are y'all fucking with me? And then his whole thing is I'm just gonna murder everybody who I guess gets in the way of his barn. That's yeah. About his yeah. He's like I just want a little R and R, and if you can't give me that, then I'm gonna have to. Slit your throat open. I think Jason's goal uh, is he wanted to retire and be a gentleman farmer. I think Jason's goal maybe might have been like he wanted a yoga retreat weekend. <laughs> he was he, like, I'm just trying to find my center. He's like, there's been a lot of violence and a lot of trauma in my life. Granted, I've caused most of it. Yeah, but, but I want to change that. I'm ready to find my yogic center. Yeah, uh, and you won't let me! <laughs> so. Wait. Yeah, so, you know, depending on on your point of view, he might be justified in all the people he murders in these movies. We all have different thresholds. Jason's is just much, 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 much lower than ours. <laughs> so the three motorcyclists show up to, with their grand plans to setting the barn on fire, but instead they end up inside the barn, and one by one, Jason kills them. Yeah. So um, then we are now only focused on the 40-year-old teenagers. <laughs> um, the sun sets. So Jason starts to pick off the teenagers one by one. At night is when the bloodthirst rises. Exactly. Yeah. There's a bad moon on the rise. <laughs> Should we talk about, because there's been some wonderful 3D moments leading up to this, but mm-hmm. before there's been a legit killing in 3D, there's been some pretty fun... Again, the yo-yo. Yeah. The, the... the yo-yo was kind of great. And I know this because in my notes I just wrote down, yo-yo with three exclamation points <laughs> Wow, someone loves I was, it. I, I was really loved because because I I knew I knew when we were gonna watch this that half the fun of this was gonna be was gonna be picking up the three Ds, the yeah. unnecessary three D. Yeah, the juggling. There's the a jug- juggling competition between Andy and Shelley at some point yeah. in the evening, and they you know spend a lot of time shooting down on the juggling to see the objects being juggled. Shoot it was up fruit. Yeah, screen. it was apples. And apples and oranges. Apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the yo-yo was great because the yo-yo it gave you two for one because they found an opportunity for um, boob one shot. of the girls yeah boob shots yeah Debbie laying out in her bikini to really get her goat they decided they would hang down from a barn and, and drop a yo-yo down in her yeah. face so uh, some sweet juggling action and some yo-yo yeah. up to this point and then when Jason murders the motorcycle gang in the barn then it's pretty 3D heavy Yes. Lot, oh, sorry, and a lot of 3D, a lot of 3D hay, hay barrels. Wait, what do you call it? Hay? What do you... Haystacks. Haystacks. The haystacks with... Yeah, multiple yeah. 3D haystacks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the kids start getting picked off one by one. Like, this is the only thing that I can think of that maybe, like, translates to the eyeball. Mm-hmm. Vera actually gets shot with a fishing spear rod through the eye. And then it, later on in the evening, Rick's head gets crushed and one of his eyes pop out. Right. I think it's the same eye. Holy <laughs> shit. Actually, I think it's the same eye as Vera's. They rigged up the same. Oh, like they both get a... They both right. get it through... No, they both they're, get it through their, their left, left eye. Their left eye, but what we'd see is... Yeah. Oh, shit. Hmm. Maybe they just had one eyeball hmm. pop-out rig. But previous to, the kids do start dying one by one. Shelly's also killed, but Shelly's death is observed, or his aftermath, because he doesn't die right away, mm-hmm. is observed by Chong Et. She doesn't believe him because Shelly is the boy who cried wolf one too many times. We should backtrack a little just to talk about, because Shelly is directly responsible for Jason getting his iconic hockey mask. The previous two Friday the 13th movies, Jason was hockey maskless. Jason is not even particularly a character in the first one. In the first one, Jason's mother is the true villain. Jason pops up 
at the very last second. Because all you know about Jason in the first movie is that he was a boy who drowned in the lake, which is why the mother is seeking revenge. But Jason pops up out of the lake. So he's only in the first one for a few seconds. Yeah, he's at the end. He's more of a, uh, he's the villain of the second one, but he's, he's just a dude. And I think he's, he's got... He's got like a potato sack on his head. Yeah, he looks like the elephant man with the sack over his head. I have a fun factoid about the hockey mask. Actually, two factoids about the hockey mask. Mm-hmm. Factoid number one. The reason that they wanted to get some sort of other mask for Jason is because Friday the 13th Part 3 came out around the same time as The Elephant Man. Oh! So the powers that be felt that it was too many disfigured men in burlap sack masks on the market. That makes sense. Okay. Both, Both with only one eye cut out. Yeah. Interesting. And Factoid 2 was somebody on set, I forget who it was, this is like an IMDb fact that I read and I was like, oh that's really interesting. Somebody on set, like a makeup artist or I don't know who, was like an avid hockey player and happened Mm -hmm. to have like their hockey equipment with (laughs) them because they were going to go play hockey after shoot that day or whatever (laughs) and they happened to just have their their hockey mask there. Oh, wow, fortuitous. And they were like trying to figure out like... They wanted to give Jason a different mask. Let's look at masks, 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 masks. And this person was like, I have a hockey mask. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Yeah. All right. Well, good for that crew member. Facts. All right. Good, good. Yeah. Um, but Shelly decides he needs to pull yet another prank. Yes. There's a period where he's trying to make it with Vera, and Vera's not really having it. Well, because he pulls another stupid joke. He, yeah. like, hides in the water and jumps out and scares her, and she's yeah. like, why do you keep doing that? And then he, like, gets all self-loathing and throws himself a big pity party. Right. And he's just like, because it's the only way... I can get people to like me. Yeah, and it's like, you know what? And everyone likes you less. And I was thinking about that, too, because when he tries to scare her, he scares her by being in the water, wearing a wetsuit and a hockey mask, and he has a harpoon. And I don't really recall those items hanging up in the barn, you know? So I'm kind of like, did you bring a harpoon and a hockey mask and a wetsuit up here? (laughs) (laughs) I got a really great joke planned. He he literally brought weapons uh, to frighten a woman he had never met until that day. Yeah. Um, Shelly's like some sort of a, I mean, I guess he wouldn't be a quote unquote nice guy because he's not a nice guy. No, he's, he's actually an idiot. trying to scare the shit out of Yeah. So he's an abuser. Yeah. I'm just like, you fucked up, Kelly. <laughs> or Shelly, whatever. Whatever he is. Um. If you think about it, Shelly directly leads to the death of Vera because if Shelly had not brought a harpoon with him, I guess uh, Vera would not have died via. <laughs> harpoon oh yeah because he loses the harpoon on the shore yeah so and you... jason just uses it to shoot her left eye out so i'm gonna say uh shelly put the weapon in jason's hand shelly shelly killed vera yeah shelly's a murderer <laughs> good going shelly yeah so the way that um andy gets it yeah because andy is i don't know andy's, andy's sort of, a goofball he's kind he's of a goofball. goofball and at one point andy decides to start doing a lot of handstands and walking around on his hands He's just gotten done doing it with Debbie. Debbie decides to take a shower. Andy wants to go downstairs and get us a beer. Asks his pregnant girlfriend if she would like a beer, which right. she responds yes to. Uh, something so strikes like, me as Debbie wants a... some cigarettes too while I'm down there. <laughs> yes. do, you want, do you want to move some heavy boxes around? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have. A, I have a feeling that. Uh, yeah, a couple the... lines of blow. <laughs> ready to go. Have you ever yeah. tried heroin? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> like it's like, good for babies. So Andy's walking around. He decides to do handstands. Really for no reason 
other than I don't know how you felt, but when I was watching it, I'm like, I think he's only doing handstands so he can meet a gruesome man while doing a handstand. Like, it really made no other logical sense other than that. They should have gotten a shot from above of his feet and be like, <laughs> 3D. <laughs> <laughs> Those feet are coming right out of my face. Like, oh my God, I can't believe <laughs> And so, so he's walking around. So Jason busts in the house at one point and he kills Andy by, how, how does one phrase this? Um, Chops him down his, down his... Down his taint. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a machete to the taint. And at first I was like, did I just see what I thought I saw? I'm like, I'm like, you don't really see like murder by taint very often in a movie. Wow, that's a great... Murder by taint. <laughs> it's like a horror porn. <laughs> that murder would, by taint. There would be, and uh, it would be like murder by death, the Truman Capote movie. Right. But it but, would be like a but, porn version. But with way more taint in it. You know, it. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> more mystery, more taint. <laughs> um, I feel like all of these movies we watch, we somehow devolve into a conversation where it's just it's, like the porn version. Yeah, I mean, if we're being honest, horror movies like to throw a little, a little sexuality in there. Yeah. audience, murder by taint. And Andy gets killed right after doing it. He gets chopped down the groin. Yeah, and at first I was like, I, was, well, I wasn't clear that's what happened. Because you just sort of see Jason just sort of machetes at Andy. And I'm glad they did that because, I mean, I love horror, but I like it for the schlock and the cheese factor. I'm not here for the taint chopping. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but what which but, is why I don't like new horror because new horror new really horror would have shown that yeah they'll be and like, it would have been like in slow-mo yeah this at least it leaves some of it to your imagination yeah. unfortunately until five minutes later when when you do see a shot of dead Andy and dead Andy is clearly sliced right down the middle yeah and, Dr- and dripping all over Debbie laying in the yeah. hammock where then Debbie yeah. proceeds to be murdered by yeah. Jason. Yeah, and Debbie's murdered with um, sewing? Or not sewing. No, 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 um, no. She's macheted from behind. Right. So she's laying in the Up hammock. Up through the hammock. Yeah. Right. And Jason machetes her through the backside of the hammock. Right, right. The final people to meet a murdery fate are yep. Chuck, Chuck and Chili. It's hard to say that fast, Chuck and Chili, because it sounds like... Chuck and Chili. It sounds like you're throwing up Chili, but it's yeah, Chuck. Yeah, it does sound like it. I'm Chuck and Chili. <laughs> oh, man, I was Chuck and Chili all last night. Yeah, After... it didn't sit well with me. It we, was everywhere. We... <laughs> it was everywhere. So Chuck and Chili decide to make 3D-friendly popcorn. Oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. another 3D yeah. scene. The popcorn's jumping out from the Jiffy Pop. They're making some Jiffy Pop in a pan, and they have lots of overhead shots of the popcorn popping yeah. up shit on there. And honestly, and I'm going to say this, brought a nostalgic tear to my eye because I was thinking, what well, other horror movie have you watched where there was popcorn playing a pretty heavy-duty part, and it was Troll 2. Oh, so yeah. flashback um, to our, one of our previous episodes. Memories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In the corner of my mind. <laughs> um, yeah, so so Chuck is down there making popcorn because I'm going to assume he's got the munchies. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't know, Jason just sort of pushes him into a corner where he uh, where he, he electrifies himself. Yeah, like they both die these like kind of like not super interesting deaths. Yeah. They were also just not very super interesting characters to begin yeah, with. So no. they died as they lived. Hi. And uninteresting. <laughs> <laughs> they clearly existed to shove a joint in the camera's face, and then after that, they were and like, "Well, we've yeah, and make popcorn." And they were like, "You did good." Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slap on the back, Chuck yeah. and Chili. So Rick, as we'd stated earlier, Rick dies. Yeah. But previous to Rick's death, right before Rick's death, mm-hmm. we finally get the full rundown of why Chris is so scarred from events that had happened at mm-hmm. Higgins Haven. And by saying we find out, 
I say nothing has been revealed. It's so <laughs> fucking convoluted. So basically, it's this like terrible flashback where she gets into a fight with her parents and she runs away from home to scare them. If I runs away from home, it's just like she runs in the woods and yeah. she's like, I just gotta sleep in the woods for that. She night. runs 30 feet out into the yeah. woods. <laughs> and um, she falls asleep by a tree. Okay. Like Rick Van Winkle. Yeah. And she wakes up and Jason just happens to be there. A fight ensues. She battles for her life. And then the way the story ends is she's like, and then I blacked out and woke up in my bed. And my parents never wanted to talk about it again. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Uh, what? What did she do to Jason to get him? Because Jason's end goal is always to machete somebody. Yeah, like none of that's explained. She basically just passes out (laughs) and wakes up in her bed. Jason decided he had bigger fish to fry. I'm just like, why aren't you dead? Yeah. How'd you get back to your bed? Uh, why weren't the police called? Why do your parents never want to talk about... Like, why, 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 why? <laughs> so none of that made any sense. Mm-hmm. And actually, I feel like it, it didn't help the movie at all. No. And also really showcased this woman's terrible at acting <laughs> It's bad. It's like yeah. reading off a cue card bad. Yeah. I mean, in a way, I mean, maybe what they should have done was they should have switched out Vera for... for in terms mm. of play, playing the part that who was playing Vera, Vera and should have played Chris. And Chris should have played Vera. Yeah, because, Vera's actually a pretty good actor. So. Yeah. One tear for Vera because she exits the film too soon and uh, and it's actually like got some talent and she's got a little bit of talent and yeah. um, you know and killed by Shelley's buffoonery yeah <laughs> harpoonery uh, buffoonery have you... <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here all night yeah. <laughs> oh that was great. <laughs> um, so Rick kind of Rick it's great. It's like a ballet, the way, the way Rick dies. He does classic horror. I'm going to go outside and see what's going on, see if there's anybody out what's there. What's that noise? I'm going to go check it out. So Rick drags his, his 45-year-old ass out there. God, um, yeah, he really He was is. very old He's looking. He's so old. Yeah, I'm giving... I mean, I'm not saying, like, Rick, you looked good, but you shouldn't have been playing, like, a college-age student. And so Rick goes outside. He's looking around. Jason jumps out of the whatever, grabs him by his head. So not only do you have the grab by the head, which is great, lifts him off the ground, Darth Vader style, mm-hmm. by his head. And they do, they cut to his feet, dangling in the air. And then they cut back up to Rick's head, and Jason crushes Rick's head until wonderfully, beautifully in 3D, Rick's eye pops right out of his eye socket. Yeah, I, it kind of like reminded me of like Large Marge. Yeah, it did, yeah. From yeah. Pee-Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. Like it was the same like sort of like weird claymation-y kind of graphic. It was just yeah. like, tell him Large Marge sent you. It was, really, it was really great for 3D. It was a night much late tonight. <laughs> Jason is like a fucking poor Lenny of Mice and Men. <laughs> right? He, like, just like the, yeah. like, kind of like slow, but the superhuman strength. And, yep. like, whereas Lenny's a sweetheart, you know, Lenny doesn't know his own strength and ends up killing someone again. Right. Um, yeah, Jason's like a, like a malicious Lenny. Um, okay, so now Chris is the last person left. Yeah. Chris pulls out a lot of stops. A lot of stops that would have stopped an average human being. Yeah, this, this is where we start to get the first inkling that Jason may not be of this earth. Bludgeoning, throwing like thousands of pounds worth of like farm equipment at him. Right. Like, pushing it off of ledges on him. Like yeah. things that the, the average person would be dead from and he kind of seems to just like get up and brush it off. Yeah, yeah. Because she, she tries to get away in a van first, right? Is that what she does? Yes, she tries to get away in the van but this is the van that had been siphoned off. All the gas had been That's siphoned right. off by the thugs earlier in the film. Damn motorcycle gangs. Yes. 
But I can't remember this happened before or after. Actually, one of the thugs was her savior at one point. Yes. So one of the thugs actually was not killed. They were bludgeoned by Jason, but you never actually see this person die. Mm-hmm. Um, just when everything looks like all is lost for Chris, one of the thugs runs out of the barn, turns right. out he's not dead, and he ends up getting officially killed by Jason, but he distracts Jason long enough that Chris is able to make a break for it. Yeah. He gets his hand chopped off, right? Yes, he does get his hand chopped off. And they really show you that stump, Yeah, I'm assuming, in 3D. I hope so. <laughs> Just like I hope Jason's mom's floating head is in 3D as well. Yeah. Wish list. <laughs> My wish list for you. <laughs> so Chris ends up eventually killing Jason, or what we believe to be killing Jason. She yeah. does that by, um, she kind of gets him stuck in a rope pulley yes. or something. And then she puts a machete through his head. Right. It's a lot like Die Hard, where he's yes. in the he's in the pulley and kind of hanging from it, and you and you think she's fully killed him. Yes. Um, Jason is killed. Chris then puts herself in a canoe and rows herself out to the middle of the lake. This is a callback to the first film. Yes. To just get away from everything. Chris wakes up the next morning, and we believe she has a severe hallucination. Yeah, uh, she's in the canoe, and she looks up, and she sees Jason staring out the window. And he has, his mask is off at this point, yes, so you see, he's like, coming full, for her. Yeah. And then Jason's mom jumps out of the lake and tries to pull her in. Yeah, it's a complete reversal of the first film where, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then we see that Chris is actually just hallucinating. The police have showed up. They're taking her away in a police car. They really don't treat her very nicely. No, they don't. They actually shove her into the car as if she's a criminal. Like she's a perp. They, like, put their hand on top of her head and, like, push her into the car. And it's just like, this woman's had a very, (laughs) very rough day, to put it lightly. (laughs) And um, you're kind of treating her like... This is all her fault. Right, right. Damn cops. (laughs) So then we see her being taken away, and she is losing her fucking shit in the police car. The camera pans over to a dead Jason, and then pans back over to a calm lake. And the end. The end. And that's, yeah, Friday the 13th, 3D. Are we now ready for our... I feel we need to modify it this week. Oh, yeah? These shouldn't just be three key takeaways. They should be... 3D key takeaways! Shall I go first? You go first. All right. My first 3D key takeaway is an actual 3D key takeaway. All right. So one of the things they set up in this movie, and they don't do anything with, is they set up the idea that Debbie is pregnant. At no point does that factor in. Oh, you stole one of my key takeaways. Oh, no, no, I'm so sorry. Well, this is a combo. Maybe this should be a combo. It's a combo. It's a combo. It's a two-for-one 3D key key (laughs) takeaway. So I was thinking, they set up the fact that Debbie is pregnant, and that has no bearing on the plot. Yes. Uh, other than that she doesn't want people like or she hot boxing her in, hot the, boxing in, the, her. in the van <laughs> so I was thinking what's the point all I'm thinking is wait a minute she's what's pregnant what's and this is a 3D movie isn't oh. it no no <laughs> I why like, do you always want people <laughs> no, or like people or sharks I'm not shooting things out of their hoo-ha well back me up here I'm not trying to be that gross I'm just saying I'm just saying like you're opening the door a baby should pop out. She wasn't that pregnant. In 3D, she wasn't that pregnant. But I'm saying, if you do one rewrite before... Um, 
I'm just saying, this is, you know, it's, it's a horror movie. Missed opportunity? Missed opportunity is all I'm saying. Well, my thing with her... Give me what that, your version Well, mine be. was just, like, the pregnancy was totally irrelevant. It just, like, it had no bearing. Like, Not at all. It was just, like, you're pregnant, so what? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even understand why her character was pregnant. There was no, like, there was no reason for it. Just to admonish the pot smokers in the van. That's the only reason I she I mean, she could have admonished the pot smokers in the van because she'd signed up for Nancy Reagan's jargon. Right, right. <laughs> like, I say no to dope, you know? Right. Just say no to drugs, kids. So your version of the 3-key takeaway, 3-D key, 3-D key takeaway... <laughs> Is uh, do something with a pregnancy plot line. Or, like, just not have her pregnant. I okay. just don't understand. Like, it yeah. made no sense. Like, it was completely irrelevant. It right. didn't need to be pregnant. It was just, like, this plot right. line that was, like, so what? Who cares? To defend myself, I'm genuinely not trying to be gross. I'm just saying, you know, you're, you're just a you gross, get, you have gross a 3D human opp- being. You're just a gross human being. <laughs> you have a 3D opportunity. <laughs> so, Donna, what is uh, your first slash second 3D? Well, this will takeaway. be my two. The only person I really felt sympathy for in this movie mm-hmm. wasn't even a person. It was the dead rabbits. Oh, wow. It wow. Was the only, it was the only time in this movie when they, he was coming up in the rabbit coop. I was like, <laughs> no, don't be dead. <laughs> Whereas everyone else, I was like, they're about to die. You, so what you're saying is you're sort of reliving the Independence Day thing where aliens come and kill everybody on the earth, and, but there's one scene where a dog jumps out of the way of a fireball, and that's what gets the audiences, uh, yeah. So. Yeah, it was like, it was totally like that. I don't, I, the only point in this movie where I was just like, don't be dead, was the rabbit. But, and then it turns out he didn't kill the rabbits, was a snake, and I was like, oh, Jason, you know, you're not as bad as I think you are. <laughs> you spared the rabbits. So wait, if we combine sparing the rabbit with our earlier comment that that Jason is just a guy who who just wanted to retire to the barn life and have people leave him alone, yeah, so, so, so what you're saying is Jason Jason might secretly be the hero of this movie. Yeah, I'm just All like right. you know he just wants to go on his yoga retreat. He's just misunderstood. Yeah, what just about a you? Big lumbering, murdering, misunderstood guy. Yogi. Yogi. <laughs> <laughs> um, my second uh, key t- takeaway is uh, start more horror movies with sweet, sweet disco theme songs. Yeah, to jump back to what we were talking about yeah. before, you know, again, I'm not being much of a horror guy to begin with. I have noticed in the films that we've watched that most horror movies tend to start with a, you know, scary theme song or something a little downbeat. Yeah, just to sort of freak you out. And I was kind of like, I actually felt carried in on a little bit of a high in this movie because they laid down that sweet disco track. Yeah. And it had me wanting to get up and move around my apartment a little bit and dance. And I thought, you did a great job. You, you put me in a really great, happy mood. And uh, thus the, the horror of it uh, you know, hit a little bit stronger yeah. later on. I, I wasn't set up to be bummed out immediately. So the sort of incongruity there, um, I feel really added. Uh, it, it, it made it a more potent film. Yeah. And, uh, and, and made me really excited uh, when like eyeballs popped out of heads. So, um, so I'm going to say, um, take the, the road less traveled horror movies and uh, start on an up note and, uh, and then let, let, let the horror happen from there. Um, it'd be really funny if it was just like horror movies just played really happy music. They you could. already know what you signed up for. We might as well just like put a pleasant theme song in here. I hope we watch another horror movie that starts with uh, Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I mean, that could be kind of chilling. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine like in a horror situation and that song's like blasting through the speakers? That's how you would do a modern day movie trailer is the, the trick with every modern day movie trailer is you take some sort of happy song and then you play really downbeat like yeah, tinkly minor key. piano minor yeah. key version. So so yeah, so we'll save that for uh, Don't Worry, uh, Be Scary. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> 
So right. my your... third takeaway yes. is going to blow your fucking mind. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Or maybe not. <laughs> but I think it will. Um, there are two bathroom scenes in this movie. They're both by two guys. Oh, man. I Who are both sitting on the toilet, which only leads me to believe. Not to say I know, you know, there's a Tim and Eric song. I sit down when I pee. But... <laughs> I believe that, you know, if you're a dude and you're sitting down, more than likely, you're dropping a deuce. Both those guys, and the first one definitely farted, so I think there was some deucage dropped. Both those guys didn't wipe! They didn't wipe! That was... And I was just like... I noticed yeah. the first one, and I was like, ew. And then when it happened a second time with a different character, I was like, why doesn't anyone in this movie wipe? Uh, it happened off screen, perhaps? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't know. They got to put their pants on and went to investigate what the weird sounds were with their... Oh, wait, no. They didn't even have poop pants because they didn't wipe. <laughs> the shit skids on their underwear. I'm like, wow. I'm like, wow. bodega dude. No wonder your wife's annoyed with you. She has to scrub, scrub your skin marks off your underwear. Wow. Uh, here's the part where I point out for our audience. Uh, I'm not really the world's biggest scatological humor uh, guy, um, <laughs> but I'm, I have to credit you with this because literally uh, one of my notes I wrote down on my notepad was, you don't often see this many guys taking a dump in a horror movie, uh, more at least more than once. Yeah. So, um, so, so point to you, Donna Rickles, for... Don't wipe. I was like, ew, you're a disgusting human being. This is a, this is a gross movie in many ways, is what you're saying. You're you're saying is that the horror is not only, uh, uh, limited to what is done with knives and machetes. I think I was more appalled by them not wiping than I was with anything that Jason did. (laughs) Andrew. Let's leave it there. (laughs) Anyhow. Anyhow. You're, Uh, you're number three. Thank you. My number three key takeaway, uh, 3D key takeaway is no comedy props when you're trying to woo a lady. Mm. I feel good about this because I feel it's a throwback to our Munchies, Munchies uh, episode yeah. where there was also a guy trying to sex a lady with props. Yeah. And I feel Shelly, as we discussed earlier, was Mr. Hilarious Comedy Props. We're really not lying, folks. Vera was... was Don't be Gallagher in the bedroom. Do not be Gallagher in the bedroom. We have now... I mean, once is a fluke, uh, twice is proof that um, uh, that you really <laughs> that uh, you are not going did you just to make that up. I did. I like it. Thank you. I don't feel. <laughs> 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 I feel that the movies we've now watched have proved that you are not going to get any action uh, with pretty ladies if you are Mister oh. Hilarious. Yuck it up. Or even I, mediocre ladies, or even not, like, anyone. I know, but it, it, you're... None you're, of the ladies. You're going after Vera. She's an 11. She was absolutely an 11, and you definitely picked the leave wrong... Leave the joke bag at leave home. Leave the joke bag and just be yourself and be honest and talk to her like a real human being. Don't yeah. hide under the water and try to pull her into the water while brandishing the harpoon, which ends up being the weapon that kills her. So uh, I really want to say, Shelly, you, you fucked up twice. You fucked up. You done fucking, fucked up, Shelly. You done fucked you up. You done fucked up. And your hilariousness <laughs> got got poor, dear, very attractive Vera murdered. Yeah. So I guess really what I'm saying is my key takeaway is fuck off, Shelly. <laughs> <laughs> and to sum it up, fuck off, Shelly. <laughs> uh, 
So, yeah. So that was our three key takeaways. And um, I think that that's it for yes. this episode. So do you feel uh, this uh, the 3D of this uh, enhanced uh, your horror movie-watching uh, Um, I feel like this would have enhanced my movie-watching experience if I'd seen this in the theater in 1982. Yeah. yeah. Um, as a person who saw it in my living room, yeah. no. Okay. Um, but I'm glad I watched it. I hadn't seen this particular Friday the 13th in a very long time. I think the last time I saw it, I was still in elementary school, and I probably watched it on USA up all night. Right. Um, and I don't... I don't even think I realized that it was 3D when I saw it because, I mean, if we can't watch 3D on our TVs now, we sure shit didn't watch them back then. No, no. So, um, yeah. I I, I mean, I'm glad I watched it again, but it did not, uh, there was nothing about the movie that made me be like, wow, 3D is amazing. (laughs) I felt pretty positive at the end of it. I mean, I don't want to sell anybody, I don't want to oversell the movie is probably what I'm trying to say. But I'm saying that like it had enough fun with the 3D, uh, with eyeballs popping out of heads and stuff like that. That that and juggling uh, and juggling, and it had enough um, just hilarious, useless 3D, uh, like the juggling yeah. and the yo-yo and yeah. the popcorn. So I had a really good time. And again, I, I really, you know, I don't want to overstate it, but that really fun disco song really set the right so tone. So good. And so I, I'm gonna say I'm coming away with a positive feeling uh, towards this one. And since I, yeah, and since I'm the non-resident horror fan, I feel uh, I feel this this week was a win for me. And, and on that note, and on that note, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we will see you next time on. Bye. Bye. Andrew, watch out! It's a floating boob. I'm both excited and scared. Ah!